This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as um, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more know, doors. The show is called The deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome into Brewcast from Mason Brew on the SB Nation Podcast Network. Luke Yardy here with you, joined by Anthony Broom and Chris Castellani. Monday night, October 12th, headed into Tuesday morning, uh, the 13th. We are also live on Twitch right now on the Mason Brew channel. Thanks to everyone that is uh, currently watching the show here as we record it live for uh, the listening pleasure of everyone else coming up on Tuesday. We've got some fun stuff to get into here. We are less than two weeks away until kickoff in Minnesota, man. And it is, uh, I think it's going to fly by. I'm getting excited. I know you guys are as well. Anthony, Chris, what's going on, fellas? How are we doing here today? It's good to be back, back on Monday nights. I know last couple of times we've recorded, it hasn't been this way, but uh, we're back on Twitch. We've got all of, it seems like we have, uh, and people who are here watching it live. Uh, it seems like we have all of our tech issues sorted out. Um, we're one step closer to having Luke back on camera, but as of now, he's still like the, the Charlie Brown teacher where it's, you know, the two of us while he goes, wah, 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 wah in the background. Um, but it's good to be here. Uh, we're that much closer to football starting. I, I think that there are some things that, um, that can be taken away from what we've seen so far. We'll talk about that here soon, but, uh, yeah, I'm excited. Good to be back. Uh, thanks to both you guys for uh, carving out some time here on Columbus Day. Oh, yes, of course. The, the ever illustrious uh, Columbus Day. No, I, you know what's weird? I was thinking this yesterday, um, and I think the return of college football kind of indirectly has sparked this, but I think yesterday you could make the argument was like one of the biggest sports days of all time. 
just in the sense that we've never really had a day like it because yesterday we had an NFL Sunday for people who care about this. And I am one of those people. You had the French open finals. You had the NBA finals. You had uh, the ALCS and baseball. I feel like I'm probably leaving something out. Those are days that we've never had before on the same, at the same time. And uh, with college football coming back, it's kind of, I feel that spark being reignited in a lot of people. I think apathy is kind of starting to move aside as people are getting more and more excited for this uh, upcoming college football season. Yeah, it is a, uh, and obviously the college football season is starting to, to kind of hit its stride. I'm like in and out on it right now, you know, without the big 10, it, it just feels, I don't know. It feels somewhat empty. And I know I'd come from obviously a, a point of bias there, but uh, yeah, I will, I will it, say this, this was the first weekend that I actually kind of dug into some games like red river yeah. was on um, Alabama. Old miss was on like, this was kind of, it, it had been background the first, however many mm-hmm. weeks it's been, but this was kind of the week where I kind of sat down and watched some games like for, you know, in earnest, not as background noise. So that was, yeah. And I dug it. I think the sec coming back and starting to, to get into it really helped as well. Obviously, you know, the first couple of weeks, it was like the ACC and a little bit of the big 12 and a lot of independence and things like that. It, it made it, I don't know, somewhat difficult. I think I was just kind of sad too that at that point I didn't think we were going to get a big 10 season, but yeah. obviously we're starting to, to prep for it right now. And we want to get into some of the things that we learned uh, before we do that. We did learn today. I want to talk about this a little bit to kick off the show. We did get start time for the Minnesota game week one. It's going to be a night game, seven 30 Eastern six 30 central on the road against a ranked team in a night game to kick off the season. What are we thinking here, boys? Well, I I think it goes back to the conversation that we've been having um, maybe as recent as the last time that we were all here together. And that's how is this team going to perform away from home? Well, that's always been a concern with them, but now there's no fans. Is that, does that change anything? Is it, you know, an atmosphere thing uh, that has played into some of those struggles? You know, now it's, you are on probably the biggest stage that October 24th can offer you uh, at this point with everything that's going on in the world. So yeah, it's, it's a big time test. Um, you know, we've seen Michigan the last time Michigan played a night game at Minnesota, they were able to get the win, but it was uh, far from easy. Came down to a goal line stand. Wouldn't be surprised if this next game uh, that they play is something similar. It's, it's kind of daunting. But, uh, you know, it's, it's a baptism by fire. And I think when you look at the group that they have, I, it's kind of refreshing to know that uh, you're going to see what they have right off the bat on the biggest stage possible. Yeah, I mean, I think we're in agreement. I, you know what's weird is in any other year, if it was announced that they were playing a night game to start the season at Minnesota, or even a night game, you know, in a hostile environment like that at all, my initial reaction would be, oh boy, uh, this is this is going to be tough, you know. I mean, especially because I feel like Michigan has struggled. Well, we've talked about this on the pod before. Has struggled mightily in road games, uh, it, especially in the Big Ten. But I mean, you go back to Utah, 2015. I mean, that was kind of a sign of things to come. And we've seen how much they've struggled uh, at 
in road games at night, whether it be Penn State or last last year, or even that Minnesota game from 2015, they narrowly escaped, but they struggled quite a bit. Obviously, Rudock getting injured didn't do them um, any favors there in the in the latter part of that game, though they did hold on. Uh, but you know, my reaction hearing it in 2020 is uh, cool. You know, I'm I'm past the point, and I know you guys aren't uh, doing this, but I, I I see it a lot on social media. I'm past the point of being. Uh, upset or frustrated by Michigan's schedule. Like, yes, did they get prob- a bad draw? Sure. Uh, did they uh, – is it probably the toughest schedule in the Big Ten? Yeah, I guess. But, like, I'm at a point now where, you know, if you want to be the best, you're going to have to beat the best eventually. And I think that this is going to be a a wonderful test for this football team uh, to start the season in 2020 and going on the road and having to do it. Uh, it would make what will hopefully be a victory that much sweeter. Honestly, I, it's actually made easier for me, and I know this goes against kind of basic logic, but I, I like the idea better now than I would have probably if, say, Dylan McCaffrey would have won the job, and, and it feels weird to say that, but Joe Milton has such a confidence about himself that I don't think an environment like that will rattle him. I think I truly believe he's the guy and he's one of those guys that thinks he was made for a moment like that. And quite honestly, for your first, you know, uh, start of you taking over the team to be in that environment, that's the exact confidence you have to have. And you can't fake that confidence. And I truly think he's got it. And that's why I think, yeah, is it going to be a hostile environment? Of course. Is it going to be a difficult game to, to go on the road and win? Of course. But if there's one guy that I think is not going to be rattled by that moment, I think it's Joe Milton. Well, and we'll get into this more next week uh, when, you know, oh my God, next week is game week already. That's, yeah. we're almost there, guys. Uh, you know, knock on wood, so to speak. But uh, I think when you look at, what a night game environment against a, a team that is, you know, a top 15 team, whatever Minnesota is in the rankings. Um, my concern goes more toward how is the defense going to perform, especially when, you know, the, on the radio show tonight, Jim Harbaugh said that um, Sammy Faustin is moving from safety to cornerback. And now that's two, that's two safeties in the last number of weeks that we've heard have either been moving to cornerback or have been repping with the cornerbacks, which leads me to believe there is, you know, there's still a bit of a concern on who's going to fill out some of those spots on the back end of the defense. And you're going to go play a guy, you know, in, you know, Tanner, Tanner Morgan and Rashad Bateman. Yeah. That might be one of the best connections in, in the big 10, if not college football. So we'll see. Um, but I think that was going to be concerned whether they played at noon, whether they played at three 30, whether they play at seven 30. Again, I think without people there, um, the time probably doesn't matter as much. Um, we'll see though. Uh, that's, that's what it is. That's when they'll play. And it's going to be one of those games where not that it's a loser leaves town game, so to speak, but it is kind of like, if you're a good football team, you win this game next Saturday and you know, either Michigan or Minnesota will uh, we'll see who comes out of that one victorious. Yeah. It's not a, it's not a loser um, goes home type of game necessarily. Uh, and like, I think we're, we're all in agreement that the time in which it's taking place doesn't matter as much 
uh, given the circumstances. But, I mean, I think it is worth noting this has to be probably the biggest opening game that Minnesota has ever had. I mean, coming off of the remarkable season they had last year, winning 11 games and coming into this year with high expectations, um, they're going to be fired up. They're going to be ready. No, they won't have the, the crowd behind them to back them the way that, say, Penn State did a year ago in happy Valley, but uh, it's going to be, it's going to be a tall order for Michigan. So we've had a few weeks. The has been playing kind of here and there. A couple of the teams uh, haven't exactly played a full schedule. Uh, the sec starting to find its stride. So we, the big 12 has been playing pretty much for the most part all year long without a whole lot of hiccups. So we have a sample size here for what college is 20 and I want to go over some that we've learned and what we can expect moving forward. And the first one that jumps out to me guys is there's going to be a lack of transparency this year. It's going to make our, you know, what we do here uh, more speculative, you know, with, with guys playing and who's not playing and things like that. The coaches are being very secretive across the country. They're not being fully transparent um, that's, that's kind of the major takeaway I have from these first couple of weeks of the college football season. What about you guys? Oh, I think that's a fair point. It's, it's funny because it's, it's not funny. Everything is on COVID and that in the pandemic is, is serious and I'm not making light of that, but it is interesting to me how, you know, you could have games with, in, you know, these, some of these college games where entire position groups are basically wiped out due to COVID. I think Virginia tech was one of those teams over the weekend, um, you know, this weekend or last, everything's a blur at this point. Um, and it's kind of being written off. I don't know by, by coaches or by the media, whatever it is as well, that's just part of what this season's going to be. Uh, we'll just keep pressing on and do what we have to do. And it might have something to do with the fact there are, you know, over a hundred guys on a college roster, but then, um, you know, outside of the Tennessee Titans in the NFL, if, you know, a couple players or a player on an NFL team test positive, it's been, oh, my God, this is scary. We have to, like, you know, people want to see the whole season shut down. And I think it's it's been in pretty interesting juxtaposition as to how that's being reacted to and covered. Um, that's kind of a tangent. Um, but, yeah, uh, a school like Michigan, I think, has been pretty forthright in um, obviously reporting its COVID testing numbers, uh, the football program. If there's any active cases within the program, we haven't heard about it. It's the players have been isolated. It, it seems like that they've they've really taken it upon themselves to follow the protocols there in the building. And there have been student athlete positives that Michigan puts out its numbers every week. But there are schools that don't do that. Ohio State doesn't do that, and that's not that's not me going into rivalry talk there. But I think it is going to be one of those things where um, it will be used as gamesmanship. Uh, in you know, it's not just like a guy twisting his ankle and being out for a game, but I think coaches are going to treat it like that. You know, coaches don't football coaches don't talk about anything in general anyway. So um, you know, the lack of transparency that you bring up is not something that really registers as a big difference to me. No, I mean, I, I, yeah, I don't have a ton else to, uh, to add to that. Uh, I think 
I think all college football coaches, I won't say revel in, but I think sometimes enjoy being uh, less than transparent. Uh, maybe it's just growing up in East Lansing and D'Antonio never talked about anything, but um, I think Harbaugh and Theranos is probably a bit more transparent than most. But yeah, I think especially with COVID uh, and the circumstances surrounding this season, um, people are going to be secretive because if somebody misses a game, right, um, because of COVID, we're going to have a lot of people scrambling and wondering, okay, why is he out? Is he out? Did, did, is it an injury? Is it COVID related? And I, if I recall correctly, I remember reading this once. And I don't think it's been talked about a lot. Isn't the protocol now, if you get COVID, you're out 21 days. Is that a thing or did I misread In that? the big 10 it is. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. yeah. Okay, well that's, uh, it, not, not to, you know, sidetrack here, but someone's season in the big 10 and maybe it'll be a legit contender like in Ohio state, knock on wood. Maybe it'll be a, you know, a not so contender like a, you know, a Rutgers or something, but someone's season is going to get completely derailed by that. Like just the laws of probability, there's going to be, a, this is going to continue to be a massive issue three weeks. I mean, that's just under half the season. Right. So, um, you know, it'll be, hopefully it doesn't happen to Michigan, obviously, but uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see. We'll see what happens going forward. Yeah, and, and I think the conversation around, like, what are maybe some of our takeaways from the season so far? I, I think that what I'm seeing in terms of, you know, not to pivot away from COVID, we've been talking about COVID and, and the virus. We've been talking about it for going on seven months now. So, um, you know, more as we, as we more kind of talk or steer this conversation in the direction of what are we seeing on the field so far? I mean, I have a few thoughts in terms of what I've seen, but, like, so, for example, Luke, in terms of uh, none of us have really sunk, super sunk our teeth into these games yet, because I think we're still working our way up to the Big Ten season is when we'll you know, totally jump into the pool. But from the games that you guys have watched, and I guess, Luke, you can start with this here. Um, what are some of the on-field things? And I think there's one that sticks out above all the rest and that probably the direction you wind up going here. no. I think there has been, like we saw in Oklahoma, Texas, there's been some sloppy play. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, uh, they were turning the ball over in the first half like nobody's business. Uh, I think that's going to be, you know, who can limit the mistakes, not only penalties, but turnovers in particular, I think are going to be huge because you don't get those warm-up games, you know. And right off the bat, you think of like Wilton Spate, that first game in 2016, his first pass of the season was an interception against Hawaii. Yes. You know, like it, just little things like that, that you don't think of that all the wrinkles get ironed out generally. And I know Michigan was going to start with Washington this year, so they weren't really going to get that chance, but this is a shortened season. You don't get a lot of uh, time to wrinkle those things out. So who I, I think that's going to be a big thing and whether or not you get it wrinkled out, even by the end of the season, with the amount of games that you're going to be playing, I think that's a that's a huge huge storyline. And again, I think it's going to be the just the little mental things because we've seen a ton of mental mistakes from Michigan in the past, particularly against Ohio State. You know that's really derailed their chances. Uh, they've been able to use their talent to win a lot of games based on their talent, even with making those mental mistakes. But in a year like this, uh, those mental mistakes are going to be huge for me if they can limit those. Yeah, I, I pretty much agree with you. The, you're right about the sloppiness we've seen 
a lot of turnovers, at least in, you know, in the small amount of games that I've watched. I mean, Texas has been on national TV and they've been a mess. So, but the one <laughs> thing I've noticed too, it seems like offenses are a lot more prepared than defenses. And again, maybe it's just the select games I've watched defense is optional in the big 12 anyway, but even you go look at the sec, like I watched the, the Bama Ole Miss game. Um, Bama's defense is the worst I've ever seen it right now. I mean, this is a team that or a, a program that is lauded for, you know, having some of the best defenses in college football history. It got torched by Ole Miss. Now they responded by also playing one of the best offensive games I've ever seen by a college football team. I mean, they put up, what, 63 points. Mac Jones is looking like he's going to be the best quarterback of the Saban era all of a sudden. Uh, that running back, Harris, is just absolutely dynamite. I think we're seeing a lot of defenses as well. I think we're seeing sloppiness, but we're seeing sloppiness on both sides. We're seeing turnovers, but we're also seeing defenses that have failed to execute. And what, one more thing before we move on that you bring up is, you know, everyone's talking about how Michigan, or not just Michigan, all teams don't have those warm-up games this year. Obviously correct, very true. But when you when you look at the Harbaugh era and the, the games that they've started with, they haven't had a whole lot of warm-up games. In fairness to Harbaugh, they've, he's thrown his team into the fire early on throughout a majority of his tenure. You know, at Utah first year, Florida at a neutral site. Last year, obviously, you had Middle Tennessee State, but you go from that to Army, who was, you know, obviously a tough out, very tough, to Wisconsin in your, in your third game of the season. It makes me wonder if the, uh, the scheduling that they've had over the last several years has actually prepared, done a better job of preparing them for the type of schedule that they're going to have to deal with here in 2020. There's, there really haven't been many easy games for them to begin the season over the last several years. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors in life, whether they be big, small, or anywhere in between. And when we keep those bottled up, it can start to affect us in a negative way. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched up with a licensed therapist, and if for some reason that therapist isn't working out for you, you can switch at any time for no additional charge. Get life's challenges off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Block M to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Block M. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. No, to to Harbaugh's credit, like, like, like you totally just hit on it. Like they... We talked about baptism by fire earlier on. Uh, that's that's what Michigan has been doing, and and people would argue against that. There are people who, uh, you know, instead of the loss at Notre Dame in 2018 to start the year, would have rather them see them play to Eastern Michigan and beat them 60 to 14 and 
um, you go from there. But uh, yeah, I, I think the interesting thing to me is so Michigan started working pretty much loosely once they got back on campus in June um, and then kind of started camp, but not really. The season was, was canceled in August. They kept, you know, practicing, but really they hadn't been, there was no spring football. They hadn't been in pads until September 30th. Um, So I guess my question is how much of the mental work, um, how much, how much is the lack of contact or, or, you know, and by the time the game started, they will have had almost a month of padded practices, which is a pretty normal lead up to the season, which is why people were curious why they didn't start the season sooner. That's why you needed everyone to be able to have that type of lead up to the season, because it does take, you know, three, four, five weeks of, of contact practices to really for everything to come together. Um, but I'm, I'm like, I'm almost wondering like how much there's no such thing as too much preparation, but at some point I'm, I'm wondering, you know, Michigan's known for, you know, almost a month that they're playing Minnesota this first week of the year. They started rep, you know, they've been repping them right off the bat. They've been working on this offense, you know, in, in shorts and now and all that, like how much, I'm wondering, it's like information overload. Like when you pour too much into a glass of water and stuff starts pouring out the sides. I guess the way I, I try to pull this well, all together. It's not It's not just mental over. Well, it is mental overload, but it's like, look, they like you said, Anthony, they have been doing this for so long. Like at some point, and anyone who's ever been a competitor knows this, like, you can only practice so much before you just, it, you get into almost a mental fog and just go through the motions to try and yeah. get to the game. You know that's, what I'm saying? It, that very much. So I agree with what you're saying. That's exactly what I was going for and was trailing off and going into different tangents. You, the mental fog is, is what my biggest concern probably is right now. Um, especially defense where we're now, like we said earlier, we're still, we're still seeing some reports of, positions for guys not being totally finalized. And when I see that a Sammy Faustin is, is playing cornerback now, that means that I'm guessing that means a true freshman like Makari page is, is someone who's in the mix for early playing time, which means you're going to have freshmen. You know, I think you're going to have freshmen in some pretty prominent roles this year. And how much time has, you know, it's the, the development curve is going to be fascinating this year. That's all I can say. Um, I think it's, we've always kind of had a knowledge that Michigan probably is going to go as far as their offense takes them. Um, but if your defense can't like your defense can either look like Alabama's did and at least make a, enough plays to win a game, or it can look like old misses where you can't stop anybody, which, right. you know, I think that there's, that's a trend I see continuing you know, for the big 10 for the rest of college football throughout the season, because let's call it what it is. We're still in a global pandemic. I do think to a certain extent, there might be some kind of mental, I won't call it, I don't know if a mental blocks the right word, but you know, we're thinking about, you know, how does, how does the virus spread through contact? Are there players thinking that, Oh, maybe I'm, maybe I'm not making this play here 
just because I've been, you've been hardwired for seven months to keep your distance from people. So there's a mental side of the pandemic that I think could creep is might be creeping into defenses as well. But also we've been heading down a road of more explosive college football offense for, you know, quite some time now. So maybe that's playing too much into it, but um, these are all kind of thoughts that have been bouncing through my head. Mm-hmm. Would you say this is the first year of the Harbaugh era in which we've gone into it more concerned about the defense than we have been about the offense? Ooh. That's I, remember good, I, would say, I would say, I would say, Outside of the first year, I, I think the first year uh, that Harbaugh took over, we weren't really sure, right? Because we went through the Rich Rod years and then Brady Hoke's defenses were somewhat better, but not really. Like they were still giving up, you know, lots of points a, a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I would say the first year we, we probably were concerned about the defense in, in 2015, just because of the defenses of Michigan's past though. There was a lot of talent. Obviously DJ Durkin did a really good job, you know, in, in 2015 from then on though, especially when they got Don Brown coming into 2016, you had Jabril preppers getting into his third year and you had uh, Rashawn Gary coming in and all these defensive linemen. We knew 2016 was going to be great defensively. I would say this year, outside of 2015, uh, there was still a lot of question marks on the offense. What was it going to look like? Uh, what is Jake? What was Jake Rudock going to look like in the Michigan offense? I would say either 2015 or this year, but I definitely see that it's a it's a coin flip for me. I do remember. I think, and I could be wrong. I thought Anthony, you said last year, uh, coming into the season that you it was either about equal or you were maybe a bit more concerned about the defense. I mean, it's so weird how much things change because I think collectively a year ago at this time, well, maybe not a year ago at this time, but a year ago you know, uh, under the circumstances that, that we're in, you know, pre- before the first game of the season, um, I think all of us were pretty darn confident with the offense. And, you know, they had a lot of playmakers back. They had a, a couple of really good receivers back. Running back thing was going to be an issue, but they kind of, kind of solved that more more than they didn't um but after the first couple of games the offense completely yeah. failed to deliver but besides I think, that yeah this I is think, the first year it's there's been real separation there i think people were expecting the michigan offense coming into last year to look like what lsu's offense wound up looking like with uh, a playmaking quarterback that was throwing the ball all over the field to these you know potential first round talent wide receivers and I think that's there was much more confidence in the offense last year. Uh, now, knowing what we like, I think the offense will be better to start the year than obviously last year was a disaster. Um, but I am I am concerned about the offense still. Um, yeah. You know, if you know, especially now that Dylan McCaffrey's opted out, if if Joe Milton doesn't play well, um, yeah and Dylan McCaffrey was still there, at least you can be like, all right, well, you, you go to this guy. He's someone else that we've been really excited to see. Let's see what happens there. And, and that's not to dog Cade McNamara. I mean, if he gets a shot to play, it's going to be notable because um, he was still a fairly high, highly recruited guy, someone who a lot of people thought was going to wind up going to Notre Dame. But uh, it, it'll be a little bit different. Um, you know, if Joe Milton doesn't play, if Joe Milton doesn't look good at all, then I think that there's going to be a lot of people that freak out on, on this here internet machine. Um, 
probably including ourselves probably but yeah i think that the defense let's call it what it is i mean i hate to i hate to boil everything down burn it all down to one game but when you give up 63 points to ohio state and then come back the next year and give up 56 to them uh, and you get blown out by a, a fairly vanilla offensive attack at wisconsin um you know, Penn State goes up 21-0 on you. The the lack of confidence in the defense is not unfounded at all. So, like I said, I am offensively, I think I'm I'm confident that if that group goes through some growing pains and makes some mistakes, that's a pretty young group that the majority of them are going to get better from that and and improve as the year goes on. Whereas if this defense comes out and doesn't look good, I'm not, if they come out and get blitzed by Minnesota and even if they do rip off the next, you know, six games, go into the Ohio state game, like, you know, all guns blazing, they're on fire. I'm not going to be confident that when that game comes around, that something's going to change because they've got five years of tape now that would suggest otherwise. So yeah, especially not, not to belabor the point, but I think the biggest reason why uh, this this defense in particular has me concerned, you know, a fair amount, is that like last year and then the year before against Ohio State, with much, much, I would you could easily say more talented secondaries, they got torched. They got torched by Ohio State. Penn State torched them. I mean, Wisconsin was doing everything right, but you know, I think even their passing game would have a fair amount of success against a more experienced Michigan secondary. You don't have that experience this year. And maybe these young guys, you know, Dax Hill, Daxton Hill, I think is going to be an incredible talent here, but there's still a lot of them are underclassmen. And we saw what other teams, you know, more talented teams did against an inexperienced Michigan secondary last year. It scares you to think what teams will do against a not so experienced secondary this season. I have a question for you guys uh, as it regards to offense. Usually, you know, and obviously this is a weird year. We're going to keep saying it. Uh, not the same training camp, but usually we get all these like hype, you know, whatever. So-and-so has been killing it in camp or, or whatnot. I don't know if I've just missed it, but I really haven't heard a lot about Zach Charbonnet in this camp, which kind of surprises me. He's, he's had a good camp. Um, they're happy with him. I, I'm, I think I would have that- thought there, I, th- I would have thought there would have been, you know, just like, oh man, this guy's about to. You know, especially well, with the hype machine that they get going. In in any other, you know, year that might have been the case, uh, but with all everything has been Joe Milton. I mean, even Don Brown has been asked about right. Joe Milton. Everyone that they've given us access to over the last number of weeks, it's it's been Joe Milton, Joe Milton, Joe Milton, and and we talked to it was either last week or the week before. Jay Harbaugh spoke very highly of Zach Charbonnet, so. Um, I don't, I don't have concerns about that. It seems like he's healthy to me. What I liked a lot about how he ended last season, not just the fact that he stayed healthy most of the year, but it seemed like once he finally had time to um, between the Ohio state game and the bowl game, I mean, he comes out in the bowl game against Alabama and he looked, it seemed like he was a little more trim. It looked like he was faster. He was running a little bit harder. Um, You go back and watch the first half of that Alabama, the, the bowl game, he looked pretty good. And he was, it, he was the best player on the field until Michigan decided to stop using him. Exactly. And it's, it, I've heard nothing and we've been told nothing to the contrary that 
he hasn't just picked up where he left off there. So yeah, for as much as people are looking forward to, again, we talked about the offense last season, big arm quarterback. We're going to throw the ball over the field. Zach Charbonnet is going to be a big, big part of this thing. And and they, he's going to be the nice thing about it is that, you know, I think fans are really hungry for that lead back. They haven't really had since, I mean, Cron Higdon was a lead back and Devion Smith was a lead back, but I think a lot of Michigan fans have been waiting for that next, the next Mike Hart, the next, um, you know, guys like that, Anthony Thomas, guys like that. And Charbonnet is probably every bit as talented as those guys were, but you've got Hassan Haskins, who's a tough runner, Uh, you know, has some things to work on. Again, he was a redshirt freshman last year. Chris Evans is back. Um, Blake Coram's a guy who a lot of people will tell you if he was two inches taller, he'd have been a five-star recruit. So those guys are going to play in, and, but Zach Charbonnet, I think is, um, I think you're right in the fact that he's not being talked about enough right now, probably. I think you're both right. I will. I, and I, I think you, you kind of alluded to this, uh, Anthony, I just chalk it up to circumstance. Like, you know, if we had the full off season, the you know, six to eight month off season following the spring, and there was no spring football too. I mean, like if uh, we'd be seeing a lot of articles about Zach Charbonnet looks good. Everyone's happy with how Charbonnet looks. He's taking a big step in between freshman and sophomore year. But I mean, for a majority of the time, we didn't think we, we were going to have a season and we've spent in the month in which we found out there's going to be a season. It's been filled in understandably. So with, Pieces about Joe Milton, the quarterback situation, the schedule. I think the, the Zach Charbonnet storyline has just kind of gotten lost in, in translation, but I it doesn't make me any less excited. I really liked how he played down the stretch last season. I mean, it was a touchdown machine for him a year ago. I mean, I think broke the Michigan freshman record. He had, what, 11 for, of them uh, last year, I think? Yeah, for touchdowns of the season. So, um, yeah, I mean, definitely something to build off of. I think it's just circumstance is probably the biggest reason why we haven't heard much about it. Well, uh, did we cover just about everything that I we're so, aiming yeah. to? I think we did. I'm gassed. Any, any final words for <laughs> you boys? <laughs> no, man. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm glad we're almost there. We're almost there. The, the longest off season. I mean, everyone pat yourself. Doesn't on even the feel back. real, man. Pat it literally doesn't feel real. And it, yeah. who's everything could go to hell the next week or so. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? We're right back to doing, uh, um, Star Wars character drafts and things like that again, but right. uh, no, um, this is good. We're all, we're we're getting close. We're getting real close. It it really is amazing, and it's one of those things uh, we're going to look back on um, because you know, hopefully, knock on wood, again, this doesn't become the norm. But it's one of those things we're going to look back on and say, how in the hell did we make it through those? those months because it was like i don't know it went in stages but i think it was like it was three months of complete nothing i mean no sports no storylines anything and then there was about another three to four months of maybes like maybe they'll have a season maybe they'll release a schedule maybe we'll play games maybe we'll have a starting quarterback um and now with things starting to get back into full swing in some sports like uh the nba wrapping up you know kind of playing catch up it's uh yeah it's starting to feel like a real thing it's about damn time well, Chris, where can we find you on social media, man? Oh, you can follow me on Twitter at Castellani2014. That's at C-A-S-T-E-L-L-A-N-I-2-O-1-4. 
one four. Uh, you can follow my or there. You'll find the link to my uh, YouTube channel where I review movies. Finally got a chance to see a movie in a theater. Saw Tenant in theaters last week, and my review is up there on my page. Yeah. So go and subscribe to Rules. that. That was a lot of fun. Um, and you, my other show, which I do for the Lockdown Podcast Network, Lockdown Tigers. Uh, no Tigers baseball right now, thank God. But there's a lot of uh, off, or there's a lot of postseason stuff, and the off season's coming up. Uh, a lot of storylines, as always, to cover. So you can follow that on Twitter at Lockdown Tigers, and you can find that podcast as well wherever uh, podcasts can be found. So please follow me on all those platforms. Anthony, where can we find you, man? You can follow me on Twitter at Anthony T. Broom. Uh, follow, uh, thank, shout out to the people who watched on Twitch tonight. You can follow our Twitch at Maze and Brew. Uh, we're getting closer to 100 there. So, we'll, you know, that, that's good for us. Progress, we're starting from scratch. Um, follow our YouTube channel. I'm all the socials we're on, we're everywhere. Uh, shows are everywhere. Apple, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, uh, subscribe, like us, leave a review. Um, follow the website at maze and brew on Twitter. A lot of cool stuff coming, uh, finalizing the game week content plans. So, um, again, we're, uh, <laughs> we're a couple months late, but we're back, baby. College basketball is right around the corner too. You can find me on Twitter at Luke Giardi, L-U-K-E-G-H-I-A-R-D-I. And please subscribe and leave a review for all of our shows and content where you get your podcast by searching Maze and Brew Podcast, Apple, Google, Spotify, more obviously here on Twitch. Like Anthony said, thank you uh, for those who participated and watched live on Twitch. Hopefully uh, we'll get this going a little more, you know, each and every week here on Twitch. It's a lot of fun and uh, hopefully, you know, get some interactions uh, with those watching as well. We'll be back with another episode of Brewcast next week for my partners, Anthony Broom and Chris Castellani. I'm Luke Yardy, and see you then.